You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about one thing that is really holding guys back in terms of getting women to chase them. And the inspiration for this episode came from a question slash story that was posted in my Trips Corner group, which I'm going to talk about in just a bit. Of course, this person will remain anonymous and I'll do my best to, to read the question so it doesn't come off with anything personal. Just want to give that disclaimer because I know that people who listen to the podcast do post stuff in Trips Corner and I would never do anything ever to let your identity be known. And I promise you that. But yes, we're talking about one thing that guys are doing that's really ruining it. And it's something I've talked about before in the podcast. But the reason why I'm bringing it up again is because, well, like I said, this inspired me, but it almost feels like this is a conversation that that needs to be had over and over again, because a lot of guys are doing this. And I feel like this is an epidemic that's happening right now. Meaning there is a lot of false information going on about what gets a girl attracted, what gets her chasing you. And it's being broadcast every single day. I know I'm really building it up here, but I'm going to build it up even more because we're going to get to it in just a second. Now I know guys who are in Trips Corner or getting their questions answered. In fact, this question that I'm answering here today is I did a little video on it yesterday and I posted that in Trips Corner. There's not only myself and 1,800 guys, but three other coaches in there. So anyone who joins Trips Corner, the private Facebook group, and joins this community gets their questions answered and gets help. Sometimes it's amazing. The guys in there... So just sometimes people are asking questions before a coach can even get to it. You got other people answering it and giving great advice. And then I just go in there and go this, right? I just give a big capital this to one of the comments because people are giving really great advice. So you get a lot of support in there. And in order to get in Trips Corner, it's as simple as you can get one of the courses that I have to offer. Or if you get into the coaching program, whatever you decide to do, you get in that investment. So if you end up getting hooked, for example, you're in, there is a tab inside the members area where you can go and get access to ships corner. If you end up joining the coaching program, then you'll also get access to the private members area that I have on my website and you'll see a tab trips corner. So either way you can get help, whether you're looking for a bigger coaching program or just getting the video course. I have some people who just get that video course because they just want to be part of the community. That's fine too. I don't care. Get in there. It's awesome. Love having new people. We're, we're welcoming people in there probably at, you know, every day for sure. And I'd say on average, maybe about two to three people are joining every single day. And it sounds funny. Look, man, that sounds like a lot. Does it just get you know too crazy? If you think about Facebook groups, Facebook groups, actually the biggest problem with Facebook groups is not enough activity. That's one of the biggest concerns that I have about Facebook groups from people who I talk to and myself included. 
I've been part of Facebook groups for many years. You know what happens? Eventually it dies. So a Facebook group starts, you get a bunch of people in there, they get excited and then it dies. Trips Corner has been around for five years and it's probably the most active it's ever been. So you can be sure that when you get in there, not only can you be a voyeur and check out what other people are asking and what people are commenting, but you know that if you ask a question in there, then you will get it answered. So we're there to help you. And if you want to get inside of there, you can check out the Hooked program at getherhooked.com or you can check out the coaching program at tripadvicecoaching.com. Both of those links are in the show notes. But what do you say we now get to the question that inspired today's topic? Hey guys, I have a question. I've been dating an amazing woman for the past two months, and at the end of the last visit, she said she doesn't think we should see each other anymore. The reason she gave is confusing to me and said she doesn't want to be with someone who isn't in her spiritual community. Meditation, not religion. More specifically, she said she doesn't want to be having deeper conversations with her community than she can have with her partner. These are almost her exact words. This confuses me because... I consider myself a spiritual person. I don't have a classical meditation practice, but spirituality was a huge part of my last relationship and it was very deep. I asked my previous partner if our conversations were deep and the answer was a resounding yes. My sense is that something else is up. Not exactly what she's saying. A few days before, so listen up, this is the most important part. A few days before she told me she didn't think we should continue dating because of the spiritual community thing, she told me that she decided we shouldn't continue dating because of something she realized and she didn't want to tell me why. When pressed, she agreed to tell me. It turned out that during some of our conversations, I had gone into elaborate stories of my past and she felt that she had to quote, hold space for me in this place, even though I was simply excited to be telling her a story. We talked about that and she realized that it was just her stuff coming up that I I didn't need space to be held for me. And then she completely relaxed about it and it became a non-issue. The fact that she was willing to close the door in our relationship for a reason like this without even telling me what it was definitely doesn't make me feel safe in our relationship. Ultimately, I want to be with the woman who is leaning in instead of looking for reasons why we shouldn't be together. So, of course, I don't know exactly what happened that turned her off. We don't have the 100% facts here. However, with what I'm seeing here, there is a lesson to be extracted. So whether or not What I explain here is the reason still it's important for you to learn, but I have a strong hunch after years in this field, learning this stuff, talking to guys, I'm pretty sure I know what went wrong here. Okay. And there is a very key sentence that triggered this whole thought for me. So he said here, he wrote, she felt that she had to hold space for me in this place, even though I was simply excited to be telling her a story. So my fear is, is that whatever happened here, this person was being overly vulnerable. And you can tell because one of the things that he says is that these conversations are deep. And that she has a problem with the fact that she's having more deeper conversations in her spiritual community 
than with him. So what happened is he probably went deep. He probably got too vulnerable and he probably said some things that turned her off. So on her end, it's a little bit of a be careful what you wish for situation. She probably wanted that. Women crave that vulnerability, but you have to understand, and this is the key point of today's episode, just because a woman says something like this or says what's attractive to her doesn't mean it's actually true. So when she says, I like a guy who's vulnerable, I like a guy who's sensitive, I like a guy who can cry, my inter- I, this is a first here. I've never said this before, but my interpretation of that is that when a man is vulnerable, when a man cries, when a man gets overly sensitive, it's not the sensitivity part that she likes. You know what she really likes there? The chase is over for her. It's like she has him. Like a woman knows when a guy gets that deep, she's got him. And of course, that feels good to her that she has him, right? That's that's the whole thing that a woman's trying to do. She's trying to get a guy to stick around. So she knows, okay, once we can get him to vulnerable stage, he's going to stick around. It almost makes her just feel nice and good inside. But again, the problem here is even though she feels like, mm, I got him, I got him, I got him. He's here, he's here to stay. That doesn't mean that she's going to continuously be attracted it's almost as if like an analogy would be you got, you achieved the goal that you wanted to achieve and now you kind of don't care. And you're like, now what? And I'm sure that's happened to you in life. It's happened to me. It's like you achieve that goal. You did all this work. It's fun going through the process and then you get it and you're, you're happy, but then you're like, all right, what's next? So back to what a man should be doing in this situation. Cause we're not coaching women here. But you still have to understand what this process is all about. So, okay, she feels like she got him. She feels that moment of, wow, he's really attracted to me. I have him. But then the actual breakdown of a cry, and this guy didn't cry, just to be clear here, but these are all examples of what he did, all examples of vulnerability. So breaking down, telling your sensitive stories, all those things, As much as we want to do that, and we want to do that to become closer to a woman, it's going to bite you in the butt because she's going to see a feminine side of you. Now, for all the feminists who are probably listening to this, they would call what I'm saying toxic masculinity. Call it what you want. This is the real deal of what works and what doesn't work. And then you'll get your people who will say, you know, or women who will say, well, no, no, I've, I'm with a, I'm, I'm married to a man right now and he's cried in front of me and, and we're still together and I love him. Okay. Yeah. There's always exceptions. And I just have a hunch that if that guy was crying every single week and being super overly emotional and sensitive every single week and being super vulnerable and telling all their dark stories every single week or every single day, this could be sure to turn a woman off. So then people ask, well, what's the, well, how much should I do that? I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know how much, probably never is the real answer that is more practical. So never what? Well, don't be telling her all of your dark, traumatic stories from the past. 
And if you're going to say something like that, I would definitely not be saying, well, these are the things that I'm working on and da, 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 da. It's like, it's one thing if you've solved it. It's like, yeah, I've had some tragic things happen in my past, but now I'm all good. A woman's going to see strength in that. But if it's no, you know, I had problems uh, with my dad and, and my mom and they treated me like crap and this and that. And I'm still kind of working through it and I'm working through the demons and oh, I'm just so glad I'm with you. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Women don't want to see that. They're looking for strength. They're looking for emotional strength. They want a guy who can be effective, who already has these things figured out. And as a man, it is okay to have these issues and these problems. You never want to hold it in. I think that's where the toxic masculinity thing comes into play. You know, people go over the edge and say, Oh, what? well then what a guy's supposed to hold it in and, and, and never solve his problems. And he can't be emotional. No, you, of course you can be, and you will be, but doing it with your woman, not a good idea, not a good idea. And so I think that's exactly what happened here with our friend in trips corner. I think, and again, I don't think that was the thing. I don't know if he wouldn't have done. I think that he was with a woman who maybe wanted more from him and he was never going to be able to fulfill what she wanted and she was just going to be out and maybe she has some issues and it just never was going to work out. But I guarantee that the over vulnerability and the sharing of whatever it is that he shared probably did not help his cause. I am almost almost sure of that. And what I'm a hundred percent sure of is if you start to do those things in your relationships or when you're just dating a woman, being overly sensitive and talking too much about your feelings or things that happened that were bad in the past or your worries for the future or just any kind of like negative feelings or or, or concerns or anything that makes it look like you don't have it handled, it's not going to make you look good. And I want to be really clear here. This sucks. Like, I'm not a fan of, of that. I, I wish it wasn't that way. But I know that in my life, when I change those things around, because I've been in relationships in the past where I was overly vulnerable, and then I've been in relationships where I wasn't. And I could just tell. I could just tell in those ones where I wasn't overly vulnerable with her. And I'll give you some more examples in a second. But when I wasn't overly vulnerable with her, I could tell she was more attracted. I could just tell. Even Megan now who I'm with, which she says to me all the time, I just, she'll say it in front of me to when we're like on double dates and triple dates. I, I, I love how, how trip just, you know, always has it figured out and he always has it handled and he's able to, you know, not get too stressed out. He never seems that stressed out. And of course I'm human, right? So those things are happening and I let her know that those things are happening, but I'm not going to show her and I don't need to show her too. That's another thing. And this is, this is my way of trying to be convincing to you here on this episode is I know that as men, we would like that. It's like one of the reasons why we have a relationship is because we get to be vulnerable and, and, and say some of those things and have those deep conversations about, I don't know, whatever, negative things that have happened, worries, concerns, all that. It'd be nice to have that. 
But unfortunately, gentlemen, it just, it doesn't help your cause. So you need to have other outlets for that to, to nicely bring this full circle. Actually, now that I think about it, Trips Corner is one of those outlets, right? It's a group of men who are talking about this stuff, working on this stuff together. And we are open to hearing all of the things that are going on so we can help solve your problems and we can build each other up beyond trips corner could be your guy friends. It could be an actual therapist. I would even hold back to a little bit. And now that I, as I say it out loud, I'd hold back a little bit on talking to your friends about some of this stuff once in a while, for sure. But doing it too much, it just becomes a lot. Doing it with your family too much just becomes a lot. If anything, more like brotherhood groups or therapists that you hire probably are the best if we had to put it in order of like who to talk about some of those emotions and things with and, and problems to solve. You know, so, or specific people that maybe you're in masterminds with. Maybe you do have a couple of friends or a couple of people in, in related businesses where you guys set aside that time where it's like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna get deep and we're gonna talk about some of these issues. Where everyone is, is, encouraged to do so. And it's not like your friend being like, Oh my God, like, you know, man trip every day comes to me with all this stuff. I feel like I'm just this soundboard to all of his complaining, right? Probably not the best thing to kind of leech too much value from your friends like that. Again, exceptions are totally fine. You're going to talk to your friends about the hard times. Hey, you're going to talk to your girlfriend your wife one day or the girls you're dating, maybe about some hard stuff, you know, shit's going to happen, right? Someone in your life is going to die. is going to pass away. You're going to get fired from your job. There's going to be a natural disaster. I don't know. Things happen in life. Well, listen, it's fine. Exceptions happen. Those can happen. You don't have to bat a hundred percent that your girlfriend doesn't see you cry things are going to come up. But I would be very careful with how often you let that happen. So if I were to summarize what I'm saying here in terms of vulnerability and the practical advice is don't let your partner or the girl you're dating be your therapist, even if she's begging you to be that person. I think it might be a little bit different if she acts that way with you, I don't think men are as affected by the vulnerabilities of a woman versus a woman and how she views a man. And this gets confusing these days because like I said earlier, society is really pushing for men to be more vulnerable, which again is fine, but you got to pick and choose who you're going to do that with. And there are a lot of women out there who have complained about this exact thing. It's like, uh, once I saw, once and I've seen this on YouTube videos, they say, once I saw my man cry, so I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't go back. Like it was hard for me to, to see him in, in that masculine strong role. You know, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't attractive for them to see that explosion and vomit of, of negative emotions. Now, of course, on the other end, you can still be vulnerable, but show happy emotions. So vulnerability is such a, such a nebulous word. So we got to be careful here. 
because you can be vulnerable and, and share really positive things. So I guess to be as specific as I can, we're just talking about some of those negative or darker, not so happy kind of feelings that you might be having and who you're sharing those with. But you know, you come home and you're like, babe, been an amazing day. Got a raise at work, crush my goals in the gym. We're going out tonight to celebrate. I'm just so freaking happy. Technically that's vulnerability in a sense, but I think we understand what I'm talking about here and the things to avoid. Here's the thing. A lot of people are not going to necessarily agree with his advice. Advice. It is pretty polarizing. I know that there's a lot of men out there who do want to get into relationships with women so they can be vulnerable and that's their way to do. And it feels so good to do it with the woman. I'm just giving you the warning. So go ahead and try it and see how it works. And I warn you that I don't think it's going to fare well. So be careful with how you proceed. And if you want to test it out for yourself, do so and see how she reacts. Now, I know that there's going to be people out there who are listening to this and maybe even some responses that say, well, the perfect girl for me, the perfect woman for me won't feel that way. Okay, I guess that's the same thing as saying, well, if I go into the ocean, the perfect great white shark won't rip my head off and bite me, right? We're talking about just nature and how women feel and how men act and how women act and how men feel. It's just how it goes. And to repeat, I wish it wasn't this way. I had to learn this the hard way. It took me several years to learn it. In fact, I feel like I'm still learning it. But I have a little bit more of a grip on it. And that's what I want to share with you because I want you to have success when you are dating women. So the title of today's episode was called Get Her to Chase You by Stopping This One Thing. I think you clearly know what that one thing is now. And this does actually get her to chase you. She is going to be chasing that vulnerability. She's almost, you know, she's going to want you to break down, but you're never going to give it to her. And I think that this, to some people, this might sound unhealthy, but I think it's the most, I think it's the healthiest thing because you're going to find even better outlets for you to process these vulnerabilities and these emotions that are going to be more helpful. So it's going to force you to do that. It's going to, of course, like I said, help the relationship because you're going to be able to have her continue to chase you because you're not going to be so vulnerable with her and you're not going to be showing all those insecurities that you have. Insecure. Let's talk about that for a second. Insecurity. It's never attractive. Zero exceptions. It's just not. You're not even attracted to it in women. No one wants to see that. You know why? My theory is because my theory is we become unattracted to that because we want to surround ourselves by people who don't have insecurities because we want strong people because that helps with survival, right? It's like ingrained in us is when we surround ourselves by strong leaders and people of strength. Those are the people that if we surround ourselves by can help us survive. They're part of our tribe. And in an interesting way that it, that is even still true today on some levels, right? So no one really likes that. 
And so there's not really much exception there. Now, my again, my point here is, is it's okay that you're insecure, never getting down on anyone for their insecurities. It's the sharing of the insecurity, the display of the insecurity. If there's an insecurity and you're aware of that, fantastic. Then it's something that you can fix, you can work on, something that you can make sure you handle, but with the right people. So there you go. All right, let's get to some Q&A. People have written in and I want you to write in as well. You can email me, trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line podcast question. And so then that lets me know that I answered here on the podcast. And the more detail, the better. You'll get an example of the kinds of questions that I pick because there is great detail and we can discuss what your situation is. So this first one is from Jake. Hi, Trip. My name is Jake. I'm a 27 corrections officer making 60K a year, not including overtime. I have no friends. I've attempted to make some, but I've had no luck. Every time I match with girls, not models, 95%, they only want me to sub to their OnlyFans. The other 5%, they don't respond. I'm not using the boring, hey, hi intro. I try to look for something in their bio to go off on. I've approached women at bars, but have been turned down every single time because I'm short. I'm 5'5". Lately, I've been so lonely because of this. I work six to seven days a week to keep my mind off 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 of this. Okay. Is there any advice you would give? Thanks, Jake. All right, Jake, a lot to discuss here. We are uh, a bit of in a situation. So let's see here. First of all, it was interesting that you said how much you make. I'm not sure exactly what that has to do with the rest of your question, but that's okay. You said you have no friends. You've attempted to make some. You clearly have a problem with how much you work. So you do work quite a bit, which is, which is a problem, but okay. Let's talk about the women who want you to sub to their only fans and all these women that are trying to scam guys because there's a lot out there. We've talked about this with Coach Eric before on the podcast about how to look out for some of these scams. I'll give you the kind of quick brief overview of that right now, even though I know you're not asking, but uh, just know if they don't want to meet up with you, but they want to continue talking to you for any other reason, it's probably a scam. Very simple. Now, the reason why you're not having any luck online is always going to come down to your pictures And the fact that you're not using the boring, hey, hi intro, this says to me that it's absolutely your pictures. And I also wonder how much you're actually putting into the effort of online dating. I wonder if you're swiping enough and getting enough volume in. I wonder if you're using enough of the apps. Some guys, they do a lot of swiping on one app, for example, and that app in their city isn't producing them a lot of results. That's because some cities have different apps. Some countries have different apps that just work better. For example, so many cities I've learned now in the United States, Tinder is just not, it's just barely the way to go anymore. But then you go to Europe and Tinder is one of the main sources of online dating. So it's for you to test and to get onto multiple dating sites to then be able to sift through the women who are scamming you or want you to follow them on Instagram or want you to follow them on OnlyFans and all that stuff. So we just have to sift through those women. And the way that we're going to always 
get the highest quality match online besides utilizing volume, much swiping, and many different apps is through your photos. Do not hesitate to invest as much money as you can into really good photos. There are some companies that even charge upwards of two grand. I understand that that's, for some people, that is an entire salary or half their, half their salary for the month. But that's why you can save for it and eventually get up to the point where you can get amazing pictures. Do you have to spend two grand? No, you do not. There are many companies out there and just photographers who will do it for, well, 50 bucks. You can pretty much get any price you want. I mean, you can work with the, the best famous photographer in the world and they'll charge you 10 grand because they're so famous. There's a range, but you should at least be spending three to $400 on pictures. That's how much it's going to cost you to get really good pictures. Do not take selfies. Do not do this on your own. Do not have your friend take pictures for you. Can that work? Yeah, it can. Does it have the chance of working as best as if you hire someone to do it? Absolutely not. So you need to hire someone to do the photos for you. For those guys out there, I hear this a lot, that struggle with the idea of having professional photos on their online dating profile because they think, oh, well, if I do that, that's going to look really funny. It's going to look too try hard. Women are not thinking on that level. They do not swipe and go, why did this loser get these amazing photos of himself? They're not thinking that. No one's thinking about that. All they're looking at is the picture. They're just looking at the person. And by the way, not that this should even matter, but I should say it. Most people are doing this. So many people are getting professional photos of themselves. So it's kind of starting to become the norm anyways. But that aside, it's same for you. If you look through a woman's photos, if she looks her best in a photo and the photo represents her well, that's all you're thinking about. Let me give you a hint. Same thing for women. So Jake, to answer the first part of your question, if you want more results in online dating, get better photos. Get them, hire this out and get them so that you can have the best chance. Okay. All right. So to continue here, you're going out, you're approaching your five, five. Well, we have to understand that uh, we can only focus on what we can control. We cannot control if we're five, five, unfortunately, I know we all want to be six feet and yes, Men who are taller do usually have more options. So there's a little bit of a handicap there, so to speak, in the, in the game of dating. But that doesn't mean that you don't have the opportunity. So when you're going out, and this is such a broad question, so it's really hard for me to give you everything here because there's a whole structure that you can be learning for meeting women when you're going out and approaching. I talk about that in my Hooked course. We talk about this in the coaching program. I have hundreds of podcasts you can listen to. But the fact that you're getting turned down every single time, well, a couple of things. One, it could be not just your height, could be what you're wearing, the way that you're groomed. I mean, listen, you're 27, so you're not super young. You're not super old. It shouldn't be too polarizing for you to be approaching women. But maybe bars aren't the best place for you, okay? So maybe bars 
are now where you should be focusing most of your approaching. You can be trying other places where it might not be as harsh of a rejection. For example, going out during the day on the weekends, approaching women there. I know that you're a very busy guy. We'll get to that in a second. So utilizing other opportunities, parties, events, networking, meetups, Facebook events, just going out and going to touristy areas and doing approaches. I talk about this quite extensively here on the podcast, right? Making those opportunities to do the approaches. Also, also volume. If you're going out and you're like, oh, I'm getting shot down and you've only talked to three women, that's not enough. You need to be talking to more. Just recently, I went out in New York City. And by the way, I'm taller than 5'5". And I went out and I went up to about 30 different women and about, let's see, out of 30, I think it was on 20 or like 18 to 20, rejected me right off the bat. Right off the bat. And then a few more after that, even with a little bit of conversation, still rejected. But then others got numbers from and it wasn't a problem. So you do need that volume. Yep. Sorry, guys. No one wants to hear the fact that they have to spend money and do work, but that's just the reality. Now, for you, Jake, you also work six to seven days a week. You said, I will work six to seven days a week to keep my mind off of this. Now, you didn't really mention that this was a problem, but I feel like it could be. So you always have to figure out what your priorities are. If your priorities are dating and there's that's important to you, Got to figure out some ways to take more days off so you're not working every single day so you can put more time into approaching, into your dating profiles, although that shouldn't take taking off work. You can just go, to, go home and be swiping. But uh, I'm sorry you're feeling lonely, man. Don't give up. I gave you a couple of tips that you can use right now to hopefully change what's happening here. And I wish you the best of luck. Just reach back out. And see what we can do. Get the hooked program. You know, if if you're really serious about this, this isn't working, get the hooked program instead of listening to these podcasts where you have to piece it together yourself. All right, let's go to the next question. This one's from Nick. He says, Hey Trip, I was really needing some advice and I don't know who to turn to. I've been crushing on a girl for a while now and she has left my college to go out of state. I tried to make my move once or twice and didn't get an answer and was devastated. I know the correct answer would be to move on and I know that's probably what you'll suggest, but one of her close friends happens to be in two of my classes. All right, this is getting juicy. He says, she knows who I am because She'll give me a side glance, frequently angles herself towards me, and has chosen to sit in the vicinity of where I sit. I don't have feelings for the friend, but I was wondering if it were possible to maybe talk with this girl to set up something with her friend. Okay, I'm going to have to read that again to understand. But he says, I need some advice because going through her friend would be the, ah, the only hope I have, but I need to see how to go about doing it so I don't mess it up. It would mean the world if you could help. Thanks so much, Nick. Nick, my man, you're not learning. You're not learning. So we're going to have to give you some tough love here. She's not interested. 
she she moved right she left the college she's out of state so think about what you're doing here now you're so desperate for this one woman that you want to get close to her friend to see if something can help so unfortunately That's not how attraction works. You're going at the logical side where attraction is an emotional reaction. So what does that mean? You think if you can go through the friend to try to get this girl back, then maybe, so what would you, let's just play that out. What would happen? Well, you talk to the friend and you'd say whatever, something along the lines of, you know, I'd really... Yeah, really, I'm into your friend and I'd love if you can talk to her, maybe put in a good word for me. Let me explain why this doesn't work. Because, well, let's, let's actually give you an example. Let's use you as, as an example. Let's say that you liked, did not like a girl. So just imagine a girl right now that you know that you're just not attracted to. And if you don't have one of those girls that you know, think about a girl that you would not be attracted to at all. Now imagine their friend talks to you and says whatever they can say to try to get you interested in this person. How well would that work? Probably not that well. So why would it work here? Just because you were crushing on her? It's not how it works. So... You said, I know the correct answer would be to move on. And I know that's probably what I'll, that you'll suggest. Well, you're right. And the reason is, is because when you have a woman that you're pining over, that you're trying to desperately get, you are saying to yourself that you don't have any options. That's one thing. Two, you're also saying that this woman is so amazing and and you're putting her on such a high pedestal that no other woman could ever top that all for what because i know there's only a few things you could say and whatever every other guy says and what i've said before in the past too yeah but trip she's she's pretty she's smart she's sweet she she pays attention to me she's funny we like the same music da 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 da, da whatever there is nothing you could say that can make a woman so special that another woman wouldn't have those same qualities. But what's more important, and I stress this on many, many episodes, the one quality that you're not thinking about, besides the obvious distance, by the way, that's a whole other thing. We should know not to be going after women who live so far, because what's the point anyways? What a shitty relationship that would be, right? You wouldn't want that. But the one thing is that she, she's not interested in you. I've gotten to the point, and I had to work on this, by the way, so I want you to get to this point too, where once a woman wouldn't like me, something would just trigger in my head that would instantly turn me off from them. Now, that took many years to get to. That was not something that happened. I, that probably took about 30 years to get to for me, okay? I want that to be not take 30 years for you. I want that to be very fast for you. I want you, the second a woman rejects you or doesn't want you or moves away or there's no possibility with her, but you think there is or whatever it is, she's just not interested. Immediately, you have to be turned off by that. Almost like you got to be training yourself to be turned off by that. Because 
aren't you the fucking man? Like, aren't you the man? If you're saying no, well, we clearly have identified the issue. And if you're saying yes, yeah, I am the man. I'm awesome. I'm what any woman should have. Well, think about that for a second. If you really truly believe that about yourself, which you should, and I hope you do, and another woman doesn't see that, do you see the problem? Do you see where there is a fault here? This is a pretty big deal. We don't want anyone in our lives that doesn't want to be in our life in the way that we want them to be. So that could be, if you're trying to make a friend, they don't want to be your friend, they shouldn't be your friend. If you want a lover and they don't want to be your lover, they shouldn't be your lover or your friend in that specific case. You should think so highly of yourself that would it would just be insane for someone to not think the same of you. And if they don't, then they shouldn't be in your life. I'm not really talking about arrogance here as much as this sounds. It's more just healthy self-esteem. It's kind of like, you know, you go for a girl, she doesn't like you, and you're like, huh, she doesn't like me? What? I don't want to be with her. You should almost be grossed out. Like, ugh, I don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with me. Instantly should turn you off. So Nick, I hope that helps. Little tough love here. Let's work on meeting women. And by the way, actually, funny enough, I should have actually said this earlier. You said this. I don't have feelings for the friend. Quote, funny, right? She's showing all these signs of attraction. I don't know if she is, but she's showing them. And you're like, I don't have feelings for the friend. Dude, that's the same thing with this girl. Put yourself in the position, the girl that left or any other girl that's not interested. It's the same thing. They don't have feelings for you. Get what I'm saying here? You're not going to end up going for that person because you're not attracted. You're not interested. Can't be convinced. Let's move on. Next question. This one is from Craig. He says, hi, Trip. First off, I have to thank you with sincere gratitude for all you provide who you are and what you do, I could fill a page. Thanks, my friend. I've listened carefully to hundreds of your podcasts and have learned so much from your advice and suggestions. Really appreciate it, man. My question is regarding one-itis. Uh-oh, I think we're finding a theme here. My question is regarding one-itis and tips on how to avoid it. When I meet and like a girl who I started hanging out with, I have so much trouble with not latching on. My backstory. After meeting my ex-wife in college on a Thursday night, she was my girlfriend the next morning and became a 24-year relationship. We divorced two years ago after a 20-year marriage that ended for the, for the best, and we remained friends and great co-parents to our two kids. We just drifted apart, lost attraction, and both stopped trying. Now I find myself 48 and alone in the dating world after crawling out of a 30-year bunker. The world has changed a lot in that time. My past relationship has caused problems with me expecting things to happen fast and a whole set of other issues that I've been addressing. I have no problem meeting women and going on dates, but with limited time, I find myself focusing on one at a time with serious one-itis, giving them too much attention and getting friend-zoned. I really am working on it and following the great advice you give in the podcast. But anyway, you could offer a couple of important tips for someone in my position. Thanks, Craig. 
Great question, Craig. Okay. This is a very common problem I see with guys. It's been a problem I've encountered with a lot of guys way, way longer than I was even a dating coach. I remember talking to friends of mine when we were in our early twenties, when we were going out and, and dating women. And, and I have some friends, even friends to this day, you say to me that they can't really date more than one woman at a time because they get too attached. And when they get too attached, well, in your case, I don't know why you're getting friend zone. That sounds like something separate of an issue, but when they get attached to a woman, it makes it harder to date other women, other women as well. I never had personally had that problem, but I can understand. I can relate to the, to the situation. I understand that at times it might be tunnel vision, right? Where there's this one girl that you're interested in and all of a sudden just blah, like you can't even think about any other women because you're so into them. And for some guys that happens very fast for me personally, that never happened very fast. I had a little bit more of an ability to date many women at once and kind of giving more women a shot and seeing what would happen with, with each of them. This is one of your issues. How do you get over this? Well, let's first start here. You might not get over it. This might just be a part of your personality. I, I have some, some friends, even clients that I've talked to in the coaching program who just refuse. They're just like, sorry, it's just not going to happen. Like I, I just can't have emotions or feelings for more than one woman at a time. And there's nothing I can do about it. Well, in a way I'd call this a little bit of a handicap. I'll be real with you. It's cause it's not very time efficient. So it's not the best. So I, I, I don't really know what to tell you there. I mean, it's if, if, if you're telling me there's no way you can't fight it, that's just how it's going to be. I don't know. That's it. That's just how it's going to be. It's just, you're going to have to go kind of one by one now, but let's dive deeper into your question here with this one-itis where you said, I find myself focusing on one at a time with serious one-itis. So guys, for you, for the, for you that don't know that one-itis is just a term in the, in the dating advice pickup community. That just means you are head over heels on one girl. Itis meaning like it's a disease, one-itis. So you're, you're, you're so head over heels over one woman and you, you can't think about anyone else. This can be a few, a few issues that's causing this one. It could be a self-esteem issue similar to our last question from Nick. We were talking about this, right? Could be that you are looking for a woman to kind of complete some of the, some of the insecurities that you might have. You might be looking for a woman to solve your loneliness problems. So you just get really deep into one. And one of the ways to combat this, and this is going to be using more of a logical stance because right now your emotions are taking over. You got to really think about who this woman is. Cause when I hear one itis instantly, I hear that I hear the term pedestal, like we've been talking about instant pedestal. It's like one itis. Really? From dating a girl? From what? Two dates? Even 10 dates? Like, really? You know, after 10 dates, I can understand. You're probably spending a lot of time with this woman. But that's not a lot of time. You don't really know who this woman is. You're giving 
these women too much of the benefit of the doubt. It's like, why? Because she's pretty? It's a million, millions of pretty women. Why? Because she, but this one girl likes that same thing that you like. You guys, you laugh at the same thing. You shared a moment that was so nice. Dude, you got to be way, way more strict with who you're letting into your world and the kinds of women you want to spend time with. I hear one-itis. I, I hear desperation, which means that you're putting the women on the pedestal and your gate is just wide open. You're letting anyone through and you can hang out with anybody and you don't have your non-negotiables intact. Or it's possible because you're just getting back out there that this is also new to you. So you're just experiencing women in dating for the first time. I think a lot of guys, like it's like almost as if you're not jaded enough yet. In a kind of a weird way, jaded is kind of a good thing because at least it gives you it gives you some standards, right? It's like, good. You're a little jaded. You realize that not everyone's awesome. Only a few people are. Good. So you're not as jaded. So I think maybe that's what's happening to you. You're almost like a guy in your 20s. You're living your 20s again. You're like, oh, I'm dating. Never did this before. That's like a guy in their 20s. That's what they're doing. So you're reliving this, or I should say first living this. And that's probably why you're getting really attached. That combined with maybe some low self-esteem issues, potentially looking for something in her. So everything I'm saying here to kind of, put this all in perspective to help you think about these things. These are all mindsets. Mindsets are important because they shift our thinking. When we shift our thinking, it shifts our actions. So we think about, okay, I'm starting to get attached to this girl. She's really cool, but maybe there's more than meets the eye or there's more to this than just a couple of interactions. Now, I understand post date 10, you're on date 15, date 20. I mean, yeah, you're really starting to build a connection with someone. And of course, for more people, you're going to have, I don't, I wouldn't call that one-itis really. That's just like you're, you're bonding, you're attaching to someone, you're, you're connecting with someone. That's different. For you, it's obviously happening too fast. Use some of those mindsets. Be more picky. Have more standards. And have those mindsets in place so you realize that this person might not be the NLB all just because you met them a few times. You said you have a limited time. I've talked about this before. If anything's a priority, you make more time. You find ways to make more time. So I, hate, I just hate it. I hate that excuse. I can't accept it. It's like, or sorry, you're living a shitty situation and I feel bad. But that's a situation, meaning I don't know, maybe you are someone who like, this is it. Like, this is the work you're doing. You love your work. You're going to be, you're going to be a doctor, for example, and you're going to be working this amount of time. And that's that. And even though dating is a priority, the job is the, the career and the job is the priority. That's fine. Just be understanding of what is going to be left with time. So it's up to you to kind of fix that portion and how much time you're willing to give it. But now you're saying you're giving them too much attention and getting them friend zoned. So yeah, what's happening here is another reason why, you know, you, you know, this, you need to fix this is because all that attention you're giving them because you're just focusing on them, not focusing on so many other women, it's becoming needy and 
and they're becoming unattracted to you. So that is the other reason why it's so important to be dating multiple women at once. So you can live in an abundance, which creates the abundance mindset, which means you're not going to be giving any woman too much attention, which means you have higher chance of attraction. So I hope that helps. And it's going to be some work. I'm not going to lie. Then again, I guess this podcast is, seems to be one of the running themes here of the hard work, but it's going to take some work to get yourself out of those current mindsets and getting too giddy off of one woman and be really clear about who this person is because they're no more special than any other woman that you could possibly meet. Thanks everyone for writing in. Write in to me. Don't be scared. I know I can give tough love. I know I can be tough, but it's only because I want you to succeed and I want you to find the women that you're looking for and have the best dating life possible. Trust me. It's only out of, out of sincere uh, love as well as caring for you. So email me trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question and I'll answer it here in the podcast. If you want to join trips corner, almost 2000 guys in there plus four coaches, including myself, you can do that. You know what to do. You can get hooked at getterhook.com, join coaching, trip advice coaching, and we'll help you out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you on the next one.